listening to Science Groupies, culturally insensitive quantum physics and space-time stuff. With your hosts, Jen and Brian, you can find us on sciencefoobies.com. That's right, boobies. Welcome to another exciting episode of Science Boobies. I'm your co-host, Brian. This is your other co-host, Jen. Say hi, Jen. Hi, Brian. Great to be here. Hi, listeners. It is great to be here. Hi, listeners. Um, uh, This week's a little different. I'm going to... um, I'm going to be a little more lenient with Jen. I'm going to let her spread her wings a little little bit more than than normal. So... um, God help just us lost all. Like half listenership right there. <laughs> They're like, um, I'm going to come back if Jen reigns it in. If you can get it together, I'm going to come back. Two sentences and that's it. No I, giving up. I do want to talk about like one thing, like specifically if we can include it into the show. And well, we can talk about it right now, actually. Um, nothingness. I want to talk about nothingness. Okay. The concept of nothingness. Is there truly nothingness anywhere? Is, is, is that a concept that can ever be fully materialized or manifest? Um, empty space. Can you space. start by taking a deep breath, please? Because I know okay. the answer is going to annoy you oh, already. Did it start with the E by any chance? It would appear it, it, it might be coordinate system dependent. Oh, but Jesus it doesn't mean oh, you can't discuss it within the coordinate system of quantum mechanics. Of all right, all right, all right. By the Copenhagen interpretation, right? All right, all right. Back up there, sister. Um, pretend that there's a room full of kindergartners listening to you, and just, just try to make it really simple, okay? So, is nothingness possible? Yes. And in the physical world, is it possible to create a void where there is nothing, or will there always be quantum particles appearing out of nowhere? There'll always be a non-zero mass attractive potential field, a.k.a. gravity. So as long as but the gravity has not, an influence. Okay. That's, so, that's called a vector field. So it doesn't exist in the sense of being non-nothing. It's simply a force exerted on things which exist. So anytime something is non-non-nothing, or sorry, anytime something is non-nothing, then it would have gravity on it. Okay, so wait. I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. If 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 gravitons are without are not in the presence of matter or 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 any particles for that matter, for that matter, ha ha ha. Um, what do the gravitons do at that point? What does gravity do when there's nothing to gravitons attract? Gravitons are false constructs of... Oh, my God. We're not talking about your specific, like, uh, That's African... That's It's meant to look complicated so that it can have prestige associated with studying it. But listen to me. There's oh a prestige associated to studying general relativity. And I am sorry You're to right. have to remove that. You're not that sorry at all. But it's better I am. And that's why I told the physicists last Christmas, I told them last Christmas, I said, here's a Christmas present, and I know it's sad that your entire field is invalidated now, but I, I'm willing to work <laughs> with you to publish it. They oh derided me, and it's honestly, it's like, I'm not surprised, because I get it, but if you were actually not a total dipshit Reddit, like, waste of space, political correct 
cuck, then maybe you would have been more open to it. And the truth is that in the year, this Christmas, it'll have been a year since I got out there. A lot of people have looked at it and have, and have got a lot of it. So, okay. you know, so, I'm not saying I'm going to, I'm not celebrating the fact that these people's lives are basically over though. I don't want to say over, but <laughs> I, I mean, I'd be psychotic if I was happy. That oh, I'd you really know what? You bathe in their tears. Okay. You wish you that was true, their tears. That's, a, that's a projection of your own ego. That's, that's <laughs> oh, yeah, I must be enjoying this so much. Like, no, the, the causal relationship is the only reason I can do this is because I am indifferent to it. Because if I was attached to the outcome, then I would be neurotic somehow, and I'd probably fuck it up, right? Mm-hmm. Logically. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but to me it makes sense. If it makes sense to you... It's all right now. Like it's a very complicated mathematical formula that it appears to violate causality, in my opinion. General relativity violates causality, but it only does it re- uh, only in a very slight amount because at the very limit, um, which is the periodic table, the ds equals zero state, you have almost time symmetry, but you never have true time symmetry. Okay, so we're going to stop there and go... PSYOPs. So it's like, okay, how many Marxist oh. PSYOPs do we have to have piled on top of each other? But really, honestly, it's like, it, it, it sucks because it, <laughs> they're so easy to recognize, right? Okay, I just realized something. It's been a while since we've had a show, and you've had a lot pent up, and I think that's what we're seeing here. And that's fine. That's, I'm, I'm glad Thank you were you. able to get, to get it all out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to my original question, okay? So, the nothingness thing. Nothingness. Um, does nothingness require the absence of gravity or gravitational effect? Let's say there was space where there was absolutely no um, manifest. Like, in a way, there's no place where there's anything. Okay. And in a way, there's no place that there's not something because things exist in potential. Well, let's say the potential is zero. If the potential is zero, what you're at is the unmanifest limit. And there's nothing to preclude that from existing. And in fact, it does, it it has to exist basically somewhere. But But it's an ideal, right? It's not so like, it's something you would have to force very strictly. Like, have you ever heard of a perfect vacuum where they evacuate all the particles from a volume? Yeah. They've done that, I'm sure, to whatever. But usually it's like to within... I guess if you can get that to within the uh, the tolerance of a single a single waveform, a single uh, atom, if your uncertainty was less than a single atom, then you could theoretically evacuate all the particles from a particular space. So you could have nothingness within a vacuum, yes. But what if there is gravity acting on nothingness? What happens then? There's nothing to indicate that that happens. And if it did happen, there'd be no way to measure it. Oh, yes, that's right. Your wonderful measurement problem. That's right. That's right. Okay, so Well, we have to realize that our ability to describe the universe is is dependent on our ability to measure it, and a perfected measurement is what's going to elucidate the process of causality the most efficiently. All right, so nothingness is possible, theoretically. Nothingness is possible, theoretically, including the absence of gravity or the effect of gravity, but it's possible there's actually, no way to measure it. There's no, no way to it measure possible, it. It is possible to manifest that situation, and it is possible to, to, to demonstrate that that's indeed what happens. But you that would require measuring. A from a non-zero volume, in other words. 
Wait, you just said you couldn't measure nothingness, so how could you know it was there? Because even that is confined to a particular space-time event. So, so it's like, measurable is, is what you're event, saying. You cre- like you creating a situation where there's a vacuum is in itself in its own event. But outside of events, like if you look at the universe as a whole, you're separating yourself from the event what you'd call the manifold event. So like every event on every scale of magnification has in a way it's not quite symmetric, but there is a connection. Oh, okay. So okay. You but, all those things, then you kind of, sorry, how I about, feel like I've lost. How about the fact that even if you have a void, a perfect vacuum, nothingness, or the absence of graviton effect, that you could still have a subatomic particle pop into existence in that very void. Could you not? Um, the way it works is energetic signatures have um, a mass equivalent. So every waveform, it's E equals MC squared. Mm-hmm. So energy can be light then it has okay. no mass. So if, you, okay. if I took some mass and transformed it into light, that would represent some transform. That's light possible. must have mass. Wait, wait, wait. Light must have some mass-like properties because it can be bent by a black well, hole. It has it has, that's, that's the transform function. It's from mass to energy and to force, right? Because force doesn't have to have mass because it can just come from solar power. So there's like a oh. trans, there's always a transform function between those between those so th- this goes back to our, our other show and this makes more sense so what i'm sitting on right now is not a chair it's just it, it's an assemblage of force what right? it is is a continuous object that within that particular oh. interval so it's a space it's a spatial and there's an aspect of the interval of that chair that is space-like and one that's time-like the time-like one is its lifetime it's how long it's existed as a chair for for like just to simplify it but that's how you have to look at things and it, it exists in a sense that it is particularly manifested so since we can measure three dimensions it doesn't have any quantum mechanical flexibility to it or it has minimal flexibility to it so you're into more solid dynamics and that's why it's so hard to understand quantum mechanics is because reality is wave-like, whereas our reality is particle-like. But isn't, like, solid matter, like, a lie, like, we, like we've discussed is, in other okay, episodes? Okay. Here, here's one thing we can talk about right now is that a 100% manifest state is unobservable. And you can prove that using logic. Now, so what, do you mean by, what, that what do you mean by 100%? Wait, wait back up. Remember, we're talking to a room full of kindergartners this episode. I know it's hard, but manifest, as far as I can tell, is actually the easiest way to define this concept. But can you define? Can you define the hundred percent manifest? Whatever that you just said. Well, the chair you're sitting in is manifest in the sense that you don't sit on it and then it melts into a puddle on the floor, right? It's just like it's all you can trust. Chair. And provided you don't have gigantic weight gain, you can trust it not to change form. Yes, but if you look deeper, 
The chair is just it's, it's just a, an assemblage of force. It's, it's an assemblage of force. Yeah. So well, the force is an intrinsic thing because gravity is a self-attracting force. So you, if you have mass, you have your own gravity which holds you together, right? Yeah. And then you have the gravity of everything around you which pulls you apart. So there's always a balance. So gravity is holding the chair together. Fundamentally, gravity is the is the reason for base. I don't want to say for everything, but in my in my list of forces, I put gravity first, and that's because it is the primal. I don't want to say primal force because I don't want to feel like I have authority on dictating what that means. What primal I'm force sure you means? Could, but... I'm sure you could find the authority if you had a few drinks. <laughs> within, <laughs> within this context, it is the one which has the most um, predictive power over the outcome of a system. Okay. So really okay. understanding that the gravity force is something that's self-cohesive and self-destructive is really important and, and how things can stay in balance and why we stay on the surface of the earth. So really the reason you can sit on the chair without impedance is because the earth wouldn't be possible without that. Okay. This doesn't make sense because you're saying gravity holds the chair together. I thought there was some force that, held, that holds uh, the atoms together. It holds the molecules together. I mean, yeah, that's not gravity. That's not gravity. Gravity. gravity holds the atoms together. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the whole beauty of my theory is that by understanding, by transcending the gravity slash um, elect the electromassive, what's what's called the electromassive potential function, by transcending that, you don't have to have a weak and a strong nuclear force. Because a weak and a strong nuclear force, I hate to say this, and I know people are going to start making fun of me for this, but they are, there, there's a certain Marxist aspect to that. And when I say Marxist <laughs> generally, what I mean is in this case, you can just super generalize it, but it's, it's basically, it's, it's, it's additional, it's unnecessary complexity. Okay. Why does there need to be a weak nuclear force? And why does there need to be a strong nuclear force? Well, it's because there's a time, there's a supposition of time reversal invariance. So, oh, there's got to be a time reversal invariance so we can define these fundamental particles. Okay, so there's time reversal invariance, therefore, the fact that an atom can decay and self, self-connect, that is not consistent with that theory. So rather than change the theory, they're like, okay, let's make up all these additional particles, let's make this force that it's a very symmetric force, frankly. Like, if you look at a diagram of nuclear decay, it's symmetric yeah. about the line that coincides. Well, th- there's a connection between which dimension you're in, according to my periodic table. So it's linear in R1, and then it turns, uh, I don't know how to say it exactly. It, it's almost linear in all three of them. It's just at a different slope. All right, all right. Approximate. All right, all right. Um, I... I- I, I sort of get where you're going with this. Um, and it sounds like... like... You can understand that there's a symmetry to it. So whenever you see a symmetry, you don't want to ignore a symmetry. So what they're doing is they are ignoring symmetry. They're saying, well, there's this mystical weak nuclear force that creates these near parallel reactions that are they're somehow we're meant to believe are unconnected. And there's a strong nuclear force, which again, I don't understand how... It almost makes me think that it was like 100... I don't want to say intentional subversion, but that is... Based on what I read on Wikipedia, this knowledge would have got out a long time ago if there hadn't been so much subversion. All right. I just want—I just hope people know that. Like, I just hope oh, people okay, know. Okay. 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 So there's a Marxist and there's a Marxist agent yeah, provocateur. I'm in, it in, but it's it's a false false attribution, false causality. 
So to right. say there's a weak and a strong nuclear force, that's that's making more complexity. So everything is relative to your fundamental ideology. So if you're looking at it from the perspective of a particle field theory, you want the simplest possible particle field theory you can have, because if it's more complex than it needs to be, it's going to be harder to compute, which is bad. However, there's also the aspect that you're in a human body, so you have a particular shape to your existence, which you have to also com compensate for your natural body. So it's really an art. Now, my shape is increasing. How do I fix that? <laughs> well, I think it's, a, it's honestly as cliche as this may sound, it's an attitude shift that has to happen, is just simply accepting the fact that materialism doesn't bring happiness. And trying to convince yourself that it does just makes you despondent. It makes you into a psychic zombie. You're just like, well, like if you listen to some atheists, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it, it becomes its own self-hypnosis. It's like, I don't need God, I don't need God. And it's like, wow, I, I do admire that they're, in a way, I want to say I admire that they're striving for that level of spiritual aloofness. But at the same time, I don't think that's a state you can fake. Yeah, they're faking it. Um, that that well, like, state of aloofness. Well, fake or not, right? Because for me, I always had to be fake, like you guys. Like what? I had to fake be like you guys, is what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. So I don't really know what's up with these people. Like, if they're, it's hard to believe they have a genuine desire. Oh, they do. They do. Just because you don't have a, a belief in God does not mean you do, that you're lacking any kind of strong desire. Well, on a logical scale, having your consciousness focused inward. Just because you don't believe in God does not mean your consciousness is, is focused inward. It's just focused exactly. outward. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is for you, you can understand that there's a difference between being religious and having an versus 100% in, introverted consciousness or out, extroverted consciousness. I get that you get that. What I'm saying is that most people, that doesn't make any sense to them. That's why the atheism ultimately fails. Not because you can't be an <laughs> Because ultimately the average person can't. I, oh I'm not saying you to be a fully self-contented, self-realized atheist. And I think he, an atheist, in a way, if they were the right type of atheist, could be very open to to the higher teachings, but if you're just a despondent zombie who's like, well, there's no proof of God, it's like, okay, who gives a fuck? Well, there's lots of proofs out there, because it's just none of the proofs can be combined into any kind of biblical God. Thank <laughs> God, <laughs> because that the would really suck. The, the universe is created. The solar system is created. Yeah, but by whom, and more importantly, we don't gravity. need to know. Gravity and uncertainty, obviously. We don't need to know. We don't need to know. That's we don't it. need to know, but I want to know, and I think some other people probably want to know. So. I don't think you, no. It I think it's healthier not to know. Dick had to go around being like, don't be, a, don't, don't be religious, you fuck. Because honestly, I'm not generalizing. Christians are, as a, as a group, from what I've seen, very open. They're very stupid as a group, I thought. Just the it's ones that I've met. Leadership. They're open. The thing is, it's one personality, right? Jesus is one personality. Why limit yourself to one personality? That's true. You could have many personalities, and then you'd be, uh, you'd be a hit at parties, absolutely. So, so, <laughs> so really, if you want to study the psychosomatic stuff, the... <laughs> 
the ontological, uh, sociological stuff, the mathematical stuff, you might, I, I guess, I don't know if you call that a religion. I think it's important to appreciate the fact that if you are in a state of aspiring towards God consciousness, that that's a good thing. And that's, that's where the Marxism kind of undermines it. It's like, well, nothing is anything. Religion is stupid. Marxism itself, Marxism itself is a, is a religion because a religion, in my opinion, is when a bunch of people believe something that's not true. Well, so based on and, that, and, and Marxism is a religion. That you can't escape that because there's always going to be some element of non-truth because you're in a human body, right? You can't be in a 100% state of truth. Yeah, but we can lot. use a scientific method to at least weed out any obvious non-truth, and then you would, you, hmm. by doing so, you could wipe out all religion, and you'd be stuck with the scientific method and atheism and agnosticism. Well, and, what um, about Church of Entry, motherfucker? And Church of Entry, of it's course. The Church, church of Entry would still be there, yes, yes. Everybody is literally terrified to talk to me except you. You should feel <laughs> special. Oh, that's so sweet. I get a warm, fuzzy feeling when we talk sometimes. And I'm not sure if that's... You warm, fuzzy. You I'm should. not sure if that warm and fuzzy is, 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 is some sort of a immune response to, to talking to you, like the body is creating a fever temperature to fight off uh, your influences, and maybe that's the warm feeling I'm getting. In either case... It, I welcome it, so it's fine. Um, I wanted to ask you something uh, before we right get too far. Sorry? Did I, want to, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. So in the simplest, simplest terms that you can muster, and please try hard, okay, there is no so far universally or even majorit- majoritarily accepted theory of everything. Is that correct? Yeah. But okay, there's in the sense that they copy it, but they don't want to be like, I'm a gug in the church. No, 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 no. I'm saying, I'm saying like, there's a theory of quantum mechanics and there's a, this classical theory, but there, there isn't one, the string theory, there's, but there, there isn't one theory that ties it all together. String That's what they're looking for. Unfalsifiable. Okay. Be, be that as it may, Jen. What I'm saying is, when I hear physicists say, you know, we have um, general relativity and we're trying to tie this together with other stuff to create a theory of everything, so basically there is no official, officially recognized theory of everything. Is that true? Unless you count mine. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Okay. If there's, if there's no... Obviously, the rishis and yogis and everything. No, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking things, about regular I think, science. I think a million times better than me, and I hope that's clear. All right, all right. So there is no theory of everything. However, I've noticed since I've met you that you seem to, to have a theory of everything. And I wanted to know, is that theory of everything that you have, what percentage of that is coming from, from you and what percentage of it is, is coming from like, something that you've read? Um, I was born with faith in the knowledge. So fuck you, atheism. <laughs> this faith is very important. And I just, basically, I just tried out different things. You know, like you go to a buffet and you try a couple of them. Yes, yes, Like, shit. So I always kind of knew there was, like, something wrong with society and, like, I remember back in high school, we'd sit around in a trailer. My dad bought a trailer, and we'd just be like, what's this society, man? Try to, like, figure, like, just try yeah. to, almost 
like calculate the source of whatever was going on that had everybody so neurotic and fucked up. And yeah, eventually yeah. I realized that this indoctrination is, is a false attribution hypothesis and a very fundamental level. And I never really, I'd always been kind of aloof to it because honestly the class was like, it was little, but it meant so much to me. Right. And I know, you know, it's all right. Yeah. All right. So, so what I'm getting at is you have, you have a theory of everything. The world doesn't have it yet. So why haven't you published your theory of everything for the world you know, to read? What? You know I hate the establishment. Well, why don't you and I or you and you or whoever, whoever, put your theory of everything together and then piss off the entire scientific community by, like, emailing every scientist in the world with it and then starting you know the world. Is? What? You know what calculus is? Uh, it's a type of math that I'm not very good at. It's a type of math where you're optimizing functions. So if we can maximize the butthurt for the Marxists upon the delivery of my theory, then that would make me a very happy person. Not okay. because I'm going to sit there and drink quote-unquote Marxist tears, because that is not what I'm about. I'm just saying that right. I don't want to get this annoyed again. If I have to come back because somebody in my organization has gone out of control, and I have to come back and bitch okay. slap them, which we I will could, fucking do. We could take the, um, the, I don't want to deal we, with Marxist shit again. Okay, we could take your theory of everything and, uh, and somehow relate it to, to Marxism, if that would make you feel better. Um, and then you could give a lot of butt hurt, quote unquote, to the Marxists and to the uh, classical scientists out there as well. A twofer. What do you, what do you say to that? How many pages would your theory of everything be? How big of a book would it be? Would it be a the pamphlet? Be summarized in a page, not even. The whole point is to have something that can be summarized quickly. Well, no, because you've got to have something substantial, something people can chew on. Uh, could you do it in, let's say, could you oh do it in, like, say, 20 or 30 pages? Psychology is 19 pages. <laughs> I mean, right. anything that can be expressed in a page can be expressed at any, any arbitrary length, but, like, how much do you want to troll people with um, what is it called? Because basically we're talking about people coming out of a, because it's about, it's a lot about for the particular culture, like adapting and teachings to the culture. It's talking about people that are coming out of Marxist mind control and mm-hmm. that, that, that they're kind of realizing on every level where this has been sort of falsely applied. This false attribution has been sort of applied and it's, it's quite jarring to have that happen until you would adopt the lifestyle of like, I guess I don't care about anything. I'm just mm-hmm. waiting on it and be in my own, like, dwell in my own self type thing. So I don't really know how to present it. Like, basically, if we present it in a way that's super, super, super short, people are going to look at it and be like, oh, what the fuck, it's a bunch of new words. I don't want to have to learn a bunch of new words. Could you publish it in a form where people would recognize that this is someone that's explaining the theory of everything to compete with the competing fractional well, you theories. You know of, what the fuck cards are saying. You know they're saying I'm crazy, which is like, and and that's the thing. Honestly, I knew this would happen. And you know the I'm point saying. is, 
point is that people who call me crazy aren't going to end up looking stupid. So the idea is to minimize the number of people that have to look stupid by making them look extra stupid. Well, you understand when, that line? my point is, okay, let's... I know it sounds funny in a way, and it is kind of funny, and I agree that it's funny, but seriously, that is kind of what I'm after right now. I'm you not want to inflict the most amount of butt hurt to the most people. Sorry? Do you want to inflict the most amount of butt hurt to the most people? The idea is to defend that which is nonviolent with violence. All right. So can okay you to be extremely harsh towards people who are acting in a way which is antagonistic of the natural order, aka idiots saying things. You know. All right. Could you put together your theory of everything in such a way that it would be accepted by let's say 1% of the theorists out there, the scientists and, and, and theorists and, and physicists out there, could 1% accept it? It's already that. It's already been gaugerized. It's already been what? Gaugerized. Gaugerized? Yeah, it's when you plagiarize me and it makes you fucking gay about me. <laughs> gaugerized. Awesome. All right. Audience, um, what I'm going to attempt to do over these next few weeks is I want to see if we can get Jen to um, use some of her incredibly valuable schedule <laughs> to put together see? to put together her theory of everything, and I will help her put it out there, maybe a pamphlet form or something. And what we're going to do is, is we're going to both in PDF and paper form, we're going to we're going to try to get this in the hands of every astrophysicist, theoretical physicist, scientist, pharmacologist. Um, uh, African, you know, magical shaman, and we're going to see how much ruckus we can create because I feel <laughs> that, you know, this Jen's voice is, is, is like a voice crying in the wilderness, and, <laughs> and we need to get this voice out. We need to put an amplifier in front of her voice so it, it can be stretched out to the masses because right now, right now we're just preaching to the snails and the lizards and the squirrels and the meerkats. I don't want to be, no, I want only the small, as long as I'm still controlling the media narrative, I don't want to yeah. keep falling. Well, and I am still. How about this? In, instead of guaranteeing you a million fans, I'll guarantee you a thousand rabid fans. Wouldn't you rather <laughs> have that? What do you think, for fuck's sake? A thousand rabid fans. Actually, you probably would prefer a hundred like batshit crazy rabbit fans, actually. If I had to choose between 100 students with 99% acuity and one student with 100% acuity, guess which one i go with? One student. In this the life, it's not like that. I get to be, you know, partially why I get to be so awesome is because fucktards have been extremely bad, have been extremely bad. So this world, and, this world's been good to you because the state of the world is such that it, that it allows you, the state of the world's idiocy actually allows your light to shine that much brighter. Well, that's the whole idea is that we don't enjoy to have to go to this extent. We don't do oh, it. I think you enjoy it a little bit. I think it is enjoyable to do this, but yeah. the point is that it's not about the attachment to the enjoyment of doing it. That's and right. No attachment. No attachment. I know that nobody wants to hear that reasoning. So I, that, but that's kind of how it is for me. I just feel like if, 
I do get happy. If I can teach someone something, yeah, I'm going to be happy about that. All and right, I'm not right. going to like, oh, I feel nothing. It's not like that at all. I have a lot of emotions. I'm, this is what I'm going to do. After this show is over, I'm going to do some research on on the different outlets we could, where we could publish our theory of everything. And what I want you to do is think, give some ther- serious thought as to uh, how many pages that would take for you to get that. And the book maybe, right now is 43,000 words. Yeah, but the book right now is not your theory of everything. Is, it, is there yes, something it is. different? It is a theory of everything. Okay, because when I, when I was I'm reading it. I'm one book. Huh? Are you crazy? I'm a woman. What? Okay, okay, so you've written more than one? Is that no, what you're saying? It's a goddamn miracle I've mustered up the will to write anything other than a grocery list. No, but the book you've written already, that's not your full theory of everything. That seems like uh, other that stuff. Is, seem- it is. The book itself is a, what the book is meant to be is a minimum entropy state. I'm trying oh to get God. it down to a state where from there you can expound everything. You don't have to simplify that anymore. All I don't right, know if right. I've achieved it because if somebody, let's say if somebody came around and wanted to uh, change that original book, I wouldn't be like, don't do that. I would be cool with it. All right. All right. So that's what I'm going to do. We're going to look, it, we're gonna look through the book. Through. We're going to look through the book and we're going to, as long as it's not absolutely impossible to understand it. Well, you have gonna, it. You tell me if it's impossible to understand it. I don't pretty, know what you mean. I mean. It's pretty fucking close to impossible, but I'm going to look at it again. And we're going to try to find a form or a final form that that we can put it into. You have to accept certain hypotheses. You have to displace your fundamental ideology. You cannot really learn it unless you displace your fundamental ideology. That's why the chemistry is easy because, in a way, well, it's not easy. It's the easiest one because it already, it's sort of in a quantum mechanics slash mathematical basis. All right. All right, all right, all right. It's a geometric electro, as I said, I think, electromassive potential function. All right, Jen, congratulations. You're making my brain bleed again. So we're going to have Just to wrap this show up. The, the mind is a projection. The mind is a quantum computer projection, yes. I, I know it's a projection. But it's a light bulb. As this, like, simplify it down to one single light bulb, but the light bulb is modulated through the body, so it's not a perfect sphere. It can't be a perfect sphere. In order to, self, to self-reflect, in order to interfere with itself, it has to be of the order of E. Okay. Because E is the base to which is equal to its own derivative. Okay? It's its All own right. rate of change. And when something is equal to its rate of change, and if you generate all possible frequencies, at some point you'll generate two that are in that, that correct interval. All right. All right. Okay. All right. You have to accept that as a, as a basis of it. And with those... from there, <laughs> okay, from there going. you describe your own conscious experience. All right. All right. Uh, we have to put this out in a way that the average Joe six-pack can understand. Because right now it's not That's the case. That's what you're... For for fuck's sakes, I know nobody gets it, but honestly, at some point, someone's got to fucking figure it out and decide, okay, well, I'm going to just like, it's not even really about understanding it, it's just believing that it's true is more important than understanding it in a way. Well, I disagree, because if, if you just believe it and don't understand it, now you're back to the Bible and the Koran and all you that stuff. You can't understand it unless you believe in it. What did I come into this life with? Um... I don't know. Faith in the knowledge. Literally nothing else. All right. So don't... And you're going to leave this world. 
I'm not a fucking dumbass fake religion person who's crazy by my genetics. Fuck me up, and I'm just crazy, and I can't stand competition. I'm fucked up. It's not helpful. Okay. No problem. No problem, Jen. But just contemplate that. Like, do you know what the number E is? No, I do not know 2. what the 8. number E is. And fucking two point eight. All right. Think about two point eight. Got it. All right. Uh, we're gonna wrap the show up. Thanks for listening. Uh, go to sciencemovies.com uh, for uh, Actually, listening to the other shows. Or whatever. Okay, now it's 2.7. All right. ScienceMovies.com for um, other shows, uh, archive of previous shows. You can get our T-shirt, as well as uh, Jen's Handy Dandy uh, Rock and Roll Heavy Metal uh, uh, Periodic Table of the Elements. And uh, also email Jen and I uh, with any comments or questions. Um, I am going to try to get Jen's book out soon because the world needs to see it. Um, but we will talk about that again. Um, this is Brian over now. Say goodbye, Jen. Goodbye, Brian. Bye-bye. this podcast is hosted by jen and brian and was recorded using the internet which is a series of tubes copyright 2016 intentional shafting media cartel music by david t chastain listen to more episodes on sciencefoobies.com yes i said boobies goodbye now go home and read a book before your brain dies of atrophy